Good morning, Hope Des Moines. How are we doing this morning? Okay, that was like a, I'm still waking up, how are we doing? How are we doing this morning? That's what I like to hear. I love it. Hey, my name's Nick, and I'm so, so happy to be here because every time that I get a chance to come hang out at Hope Des Moines, uh, it really is just a thrill. I love this campus. I love coming to this campus, and, uh, and I hang out at the, at the West Des Moines campus and get to hang out with uh, students. Uh, but every time that I get to come here and speak, it is just so amazing to see what God is up to. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, I know Pastor John said that, that we're buds, uh, and, and we are definitely buds, but I just want to let you know um, we get to like get real, like pastors need pastored. And so we pastor each other along with a couple, a couple other pastors. And so I, I know that, that he has zero sins. No, I'm just kidding. Like we all have, all have that. But here's the thing that I really want you to know is that you are so, so blessed to have a man of God that is willing to work so, so hard to love you and help you love this community. And so can we just praise God for Pastor John and Tiffany and Ryan and Jed. You guys have an amazing staff, an amazing community. And, and more importantly than that, the biggest praise always goes to Jesus in this church. Amen. Jesus is the one that is bringing this community together. Jesus is the one that is guiding this community, uh, and if you were to ask John, he'd say, Nick, you may be uncomfortable clapping for me because I want Jesus to have the glory, because that's the kind of pastor that you have, and that's the kind of God that you have who is leading you to bigger and better things, because we have a God that does great things. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're in this series uh, that we've been going through as a church uh, called Start Seeing Miracles. Start Seeing Miracles. And i uh, got to be honest, when I first saw that we were going to do that, I'm like, that's going to make some people uncomfortable. Start seeing miracles. That, that seems like it's comfortable to read about Jesus doing miracles back then, but like start seeing them like now, today, that seems crazy. So we've been talking about lots of things because we see throughout Jesus's life, he is a miracle worker. We see Jesus feeding thousands with a couple of pieces of bread and a, and a few fish. We see Jesus, he's walking on water. We see Jesus over and over and over again, casting out demons. There should be a sermon on that sometime because that's just weird, right? Casting out demons, what's that all about? But we see more than almost anything else is healings, physical healings, emotional healings, social healings. Jesus was a healer. But what about today? Does God heal today? Some of us, we say, yes, he does, because we've experienced it. Some of us, you know what our experience has been? Suspicion. Because maybe you grew up and, and there was a moment where you had something terrible going on and you turned to God and you prayed the most fervent prayers that you'd ever prayed and they weren't answered. Maybe you feel like Max from, from this clip from the, the show New Amsterdam. Has anyone seen the show New Amsterdam? Anybody seen that? Uh, a couple of us here have. Uh, I'm thanking the Holy Spirit for my wife loving that show because I, was, I don't even know what I was doing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm preaching on, on healing and prayer and all that stuff. Uh, and so I, I just had to grab this clip to show it to you because I just, I feel like so many of us can relate with Max. Max, he leads this hospital. And as a leader of that hospital, he is a witness to pain and suffering. Every day. But not only is he a witness to that, seeing people pray fervently and still be sick or still suffer or still die, he himself went through a battle with cancer. He himself had lost his spouse. And now he's a single dad with one of the most demanding jobs you can think of. Max had a right to be suspicious of prayer. And so the prayer group comes in, and, and uh, it, you know, Dr. Max, he's like, ah, they're not hurting anybody. 
But I'd rather focus on the tangible. I'd rather focus, I mean, it, we'll, we'll turn to God as soon as we run out of options. In case of emergency, then we'll break the glass. See, I, I think we all can relate to that. See, uh, on a much more, you know, relaxed level, uh, I don't know if, you can, if you're like me. I'm one of those guys that, like, when I get sick or if something's wrong or something's broken, I am way too slow to get help. I'm, like, even just last week when I was sick, I refused to go to the doctor. Is anyone like me? Like, you're like, no, I ain't going to the doctor. Like, I'm seeing a few wives elbowing husbands right now, okay? Uh, I do think there's a man thing about that. It's like, oh, I need a, a good night's sleep and a bottle of aspirin. And then we get on WebMD and we have a panic attack and we end up at the doctor anyway. Isn't that what happens? Can I get an amen? Yeah, yeah, up top we got an amen there, okay. Uh, and <laughs> because the worst thing you can do is get on the internet, right? That is the worst thing that you can do when, when, when you're, you're hurting or when you're, you're in need of uh, figuring out. Because then you're like, I had a cough, but now I think they're going to amputate my foot. You know, like it, it just it gets crazy, right? But when do you turn to God for healing? When do you do that? Do you? I got to be honest. For me, most of the time, I have God sort of like, in case of emergency, I'll break the glass. I think some of the reasons that we don't come to God is because we're just simply not at the end of our rope. We still have rope that's left. Well, you know, I got some more tangible things that I want to try before I involve God in the hurt in my life, whether it's a physical hurt, whether it's an emotional hurt, whether it's a spiritual hurt. I still have rope left. There's things that I can do. By the way, you know, like, anyways, God is, you know, he's really concerned about the big things. You know, there's people that they got some real things and they should turn to God. Me, I'm just... It's not that big of a deal. Compared to other people, I'm fine. You know, fine's the F word, right? Fine is, is an excuse, especially in, I don't know why it's in the Midwest. In the Midwest, we, we say that we're fine, but that's actually a wall that we put up because we don't want to face what's going on. And sometimes, and that, that can be overstated, sometimes things are going pretty well. But not a single human being, and myself included, has a, has a perfect life with nothing that needs healing, nothing that's broken. But we're like, oh, you know, I still have some rope left, God. I'll talk to you when, when I'm, you know, a little farther down the road. Or maybe you're here and you're like, honestly, I, I feel embarrassed when it comes to, like, getting healing from God or, or even just getting help in any sort of way. That, that just... It's embarrassing. For me, it feels embarrassing because that means that I have to admit I can't do this on my own. And that makes me feel sometimes like I'm a failure, which, by the way, I'm just being honest, being a failure is one of my biggest fears in life. And so even going to the doctor, it's like, yeah, I didn't take care of myself the way that I should have. I'm embarrassed. Or maybe when it comes to coming to God, we don't come to God because we're like, yeah, well, based on how I've been behaving, I don't think that God exactly wants to do me any favors right now. Or if I were to come up and like visit a prayer partner and have him pray over me, well, people are going to look at me and they're going to think, what's that guy got going on? What's, what does she have going on? It's probably crazy, right? We're embarrassed. And so we, we say, oh, maybe later, God. Or the one that I think that's really big is some of us, we don't come to God because we just don't trust him. You prayed. You're like Max. You prayed, and it didn't work. 
the suffering has been going on for so long, you just don't know if it's ever going to change. Or really, maybe someone brought you here today and you're like, I don't even believe God exists. How am I supposed to believe that miracles exist? And, and we just don't trust him. And that's real. That's real. And by the way, I, I just want to be really, really clear. Um, just because we're talking about miracles, and, and you kind of probably know where this is going. You guys are smart people. I'm a pastor. We're preaching from the Bible. I'm going to tell you that God can heal. That's you know, like, uh, spoiler alert, that's going to happen but here's what I don't want you to, I don't want you to misunderstand me. God does heal through doctors and pharmacists and therapists and counselors. God does heal through those tangible things. Those are blessings in our life. And so this sermon is not me giving you permission to not go to the doctor. In fact, maybe you're here today because you've been resisting going to see the therapist that everyone has been saying, look, you're struggling with so much depression or so much anxiety or, or whatever it is, you need to talk to somebody about it that can actually help you. And the reason why you're here today is because God is saying, yeah, that's what I want you to do so you can be healed. That's the journey and the process that I have for you. And so please don't hear me saying doctors are bad. Doctors are good and a blessing. Amen? Amen. I want to make sure we're really clear on that. And, and, even a doctor, even a therapist, there's things that, even a, even a pastor, there's things that we just can't do on our own. And there's things that are bigger than our ability to just smart our way through them or muscle our way through them. We need something more. And not just when we're at the end of our rope, but every step along the way. So here's what I want to do. I, I want to have us look at the scriptures where uh, there's a, a time that Jesus actually does two miracles, two miracles. Uh, and when he does these two miracles, there's something that I think is going to be really helpful, whether you're here today and you're like, I doubt all of that, or whether you're like, I don't think God's really interested in healing me, or whether you're just like, I'm so desperate right now, I would, I would just do anything for God to intervene in my life. I think that this passage is going to speak to us today, because the good news is, when it comes to healing, God is not waiting for you to get some formula right. He's not waiting for you to, you know, get all of your ducks in a row or do some religious ritual and, or do, you know, clean up your life morally and then you're going to be eligible for healing. Then you qualify to be healed. No, it's not about your qualifications. In fact, healing has absolutely nothing to do with you as much as who you come to for healing. So let's uh, look at this, this story together. So uh, one day, Jesus, he's, he's doing ministry, and, uh, and Jesus, his fame is growing. And so people, are, they hear that he heals. They hear that he's teaching these amazing messages about God's love, and it's changing people's lives. Isn't it amazing how crowds start to gather when lives start changing? In fact, that's kind of what we're seeing here at, at this campus. With, I mean, there's people out in the lobby, and you guys are having to go to a, a newer, bigger building. Lives are changing, and crowds start to gather. Because Jesus is here. And so Jesus, he, he's, he's healing and he's doing all these things. But here's the thing. As you get big, you also make enemies. There's people that aren't going to like that. And so uh, and some of you, you know exactly what this is like. You've experienced some level of success. And when you experience success, you can expect someone to come along and say, I don't like that and I don't want them to succeed because it makes me feel small. You know who that was? It was the religious leaders. 
It was the Pharisees. It it was the leaders of the synagogue. and, And they did not like Jesus. They wanted everyone to be ritually pure. And Jesus wanted them to be free. They wanted to confine people and put them in a box and make sure that everything in their religion went just right. And Jesus wanted to heal people and make them right. Do you see how one wanted you to come and figure it out? And Jesus said, let me put you back together. Do you see the difference? It's, that's big. That's a huge difference between religion and Jesus. But then one day, a leader of a synagogue came. And this was a leader that probably spoke outwardly against Jesus. This is a, a leader whose job it was to make sure that the synagogue remained ritually pure He came before Jesus, and he fell to his knees. Him. Someone of that level of importance, that level of uh, status in the community, he came to the synagogue, and he knelt before Jesus. And and that was a socially awkward thing to do. Some of you, you think it's awkward to, like, come see a prayer partner after the service, okay? Like, this was really awkward, okay? Because... I mean, if he knelt before Jesus, that means that he was acknowledging that Jesus was above him. And if he's acknowledging Jesus is above him, what are all of his religious colleagues going to think? And so he's kneeling before Jesus because his situation is so desperate. He tells Jesus this. He says, my daughter has died. She's just died, he said. But look at what he says. But you, you can bring her back to life again. You can do that if you just come and lay your hands on her. And you know what Jesus could have done? Jesus could have, done, could have said, Jairus, we know from the other gospels, that's his name. He could have said, look, Jairus, you are um, not exactly a friend of mine. You haven't exactly, you know, been about the same mission that I have. We haven't exactly been having a lot of conversations. So, you know, if you could go clean up your act a little bit, then we'll talk. But he didn't do that. What did Jesus do? He, he went. He started walking to his daughter who died because Jesus didn't come to prove you wrong and him right, even though that might be true. Jesus came to put what's broken back together. What if the church did that, by the way? What if instead of trying to prove the country, uh, you know, towards one political spectrum or the other, what if instead we just started putting the country back together? What if instead of trying to argue our friends into the faith, what if we just started showing them how God has changed our life and how he's put us back together and say, hey, you got stuff too. Maybe he can put you back together too. That would change our approach, wouldn't it? So he says, my daughter's died but you can bring her back to life. And Jesus, he goes to heal her. But that's not the only thing that's going on. See, there's all these people around. And, and, and you know, Jairus, he's, he's important. He's, you know, well-known. But there was this woman. In fact, we don't even have her name. She was unknown. She was low status. And Jairus, he had a daughter who was 12 who had died. But this woman... She had been suffering for 12 years, interesting, 12 and 12, 12 years that she had been hemorrhaging and bleeding, which, by the way, would make her unclean, meaning that she was not allowed in the synagogue, and actually, it was Jairus' job to keep her out. She was unclean. She could not touch other people because she would make them unclean. 
She was isolated. She was alone. She was unknown. She was suffering. The other Gospels tell us that this woman, she had spent all of her money trying to get better, and she just was worse. For 12 years, she suffered. And, you know, if you're her, you might be easy to think, well, it's just been like this for so long. Either God doesn't care. He cares about important people like, like, you know, the synagogue leader, but either God doesn't care or he can't really do anything or it's just always going to be this way. But this woman did something that everyone was actually trying to do. She reached out as Jesus was walking by, going to heal this 12-year-old girl, and she touched his robe. She reached out and touched him. And a lot of people, they were crowding around him and pressing against him. But Jesus stops while he's on the way to do something very important for a very important man and his family. He stops right there and he turns around and he says, who touched me? As the disciples say, how can you ask who touched you? Everybody's touching you. But someone had touched him in a way that was different, in a way that was filled with faith. And when the woman realized that it was her and that she had touched the robe of God who loves her and cares for her, Jesus looked at her and he didn't say, you unclean woman, you touched me and now I can't go into the synagogue. He didn't say, what are you doing touching everybody else? You're making them unclean too. I mean, this is a socially awkward situation. It's socially awkward, but you know what Jesus does? He doesn't say that. He says, daughter, be encouraged. Turn to your neighbor and say, be encouraged. Be encouraged. encouraged. Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And actually, the original Greek word for well, your faith has made you saved from your suffering, from your pain. And it's not because she believed hard enough. You'll hear that preaching out there. You'll hear hear the preaching, hey, if you just believe enough for Jesus, and then once you reach a certain level of of belief and trust, or what skeptics would call just willful ignorance, if you just could do that, then you'll get a miracle. No, it's not a formula like that. What Jesus is saying, it's not so much about how hard you believe, but who did you come to? Who did you come to? See, Jesus, he cares about both daughters. He cares about the daughter who's 12 and had died, and he cares about the daughter who's unknown and has been suffering for 12 years. Daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. So the story is not done because Jesus, uh, he, he finishes one miracle, but he's got one yet to, to go. And guys, it gets even more socially awkward. It's amazing how Jesus, he just doesn't really care if it's socially awkward. He cares about putting the world back together our world back together. And so he, he shows up and he's at the funeral because uh, this girl, she had already died. And back in the day, uh, in this part of the world, and actually uh, not even back in the day, you can still go to this region of the world and, and see this uh, morning ritual in practice. Uh, there were people that, that if you were going to have a funeral, you would actually pay people to come and wail and weep at a funeral. And they would play flutes. See, funerals today, a lot of funerals, I mean, when's the last funeral you went to that was loud? I mean, they're kind of quiet, right? Somber. Sad. We're mourning, right? Well, the way that they mourned and the way that they experienced this is, is they would wail and play flutes. And so funerals are loud and Jesus comes in and the loud funerals are already happening and everyone's mourning. And then Jesus says something so awkward. 
Imagine if you walked into the last funeral that you went to, and you said, hey, everybody, uh, stop the flutes, uh, stop the wailing, uh, everybody. Uh, in fact, I want you to just get out because this girl isn't dead. She's only asleep. And, of course, the crowd laughed. I mean, because that's just uncomfortable. You ever just, like, feel so uncomfortable in a situation you just, like, have to, <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> like, that's, that had to be what was going on. And so Jesus is essentially shooing everyone out. And, and then the laughter turns to amazement after a few minutes because Jesus, he comes to this daughter who he loves and who he cares about. And everyone who thought that it was over, everyone that said, well, death is just too permanent, Jesus looks at this little girl and he says, Talutha kum, which is Aramaic for little girl, get up. And she got up. And here's the thing, it'd be one thing if it was like she got up and then she was never seen again, you know, and then like the rumors spread or whatever. No, that's not what happened. What happened was she was walked out of the building and everyone saw her and the crowd went crazy. Imagine that for a second. If you, last funeral you were at, someone came in and said, hey, I need everyone to get out of the sanctuary. I got to work with the casket for a minute, okay? And so they come over to the casket and then, then you're standing outside like, what is going on? This is the weirdest funeral I've ever been to. And then all of a sudden that person walks out of the building. Are you going to keep that to yourself? No, you're going to go tell everyone, you will not believe this funeral that I went to. I don't even know if I can call it a funeral. And that's exactly what happened. The, the miracle spread all across the country. Isn't it amazing when God changes lives, how quickly the news spreads? But here's the thing, though, the thing that I don't want you to miss, because, you know, you might say, well, that, that's great. I'm glad that Jesus healed, you know, that important synagogue leader's daughter. And, you know, it's cool that, that Jesus healed that, that woman. But what's that mean for, for, for me? Because I still got, you know, I still have something going on in my body or the body of someone that I love that isn't working right. Or I still have something going on in my relationships that's not working right. I still have something going on at work that's not working right. I, I have like also, I've, I've been seeing a therapist for a long time and I got, just got some stuff going on in my brain and I just wish that it would just be fixed. And it hasn't been fixed. That's real. Here's what I want you to know and why I wanted to tell you this story that actually happened, by the way. It's not just a, oh, that's a nice story. This actually happened. I want to tell you that because no matter who you are, whether you are the most important person in the room or the least important person in the room, whether you are holy and pure or whether you are unclean and sinful, whether you feel that you, are, you deserve healing or whether you're like, you know, I don't deserve any sort of healing, whether you are white or black, whether you are Democrat or Republican, no matter who you are, Jesus cares about you. And he cares about your situation. He doesn't just look at your situation and say, oh, that's, that's tough, but I got other things I got to do that are, are more important. He is willing to stop the cosmos to care for you because you matter to him that much. No matter who you are, Jesus cares about you. You'll say, well, how come he didn't answer my prayer then? If he cares, like, shouldn't he just be answering all of my prayers? Maybe he just can't do it. Maybe he just doesn't have the power that everyone says that he has. 
Maybe you ran out of healing juice. I don't know. Here's the other thing I want you to know. If, if you want to know if Jesus cares about you, do you know where you look? You look to the cross. You look to the cross. Because let me ask you something. If someone, if someone says, look, I, um, I'm in a really comfortable position, and what I want to do is leave my comfortable position that's pretty much you know, heaven, and I want to put on a nervous system, and I'm going to put on a, a, a whole body, and, and for the people that I love who are suffering, I, I'm going to identify with their suffering, and I'm going to go and be crucified on their behalf. Does that person care about you or no? Yes, they do. Absolutely. If someone's willing to go to that length to sacrifice for you, they care about you. And so no matter who you are, the cross is for you. Jesus cares for you. And when you have that moment, and, and we all are going to, where things aren't going the way that we hoped, and we wish God was a cosmic vending machine, and we wish that we could just rub the lamp and we get our three wishes, or he'd do some magic trick for us, and God reminds us that, no, I have, a, I have a better way and a more powerful way. I'm not only going to identify with your pain, I'm going to take it all upon myself. I'm going to go through that death. Because no matter who you are, Jesus cares for you. And the other thing that I want you to know is that no matter what it is, Jesus can set it right again. Whether you're facing a cough whether you're facing cancer, Jesus can set it right again. And I can't tell you how he will. I can't tell you when he will. But by God's word and by faith, I can tell you he will. He will heal. Will it be on this side of heaven or the other? I have no idea. Is he capable on this side of heaven? Absolutely. And so my question for you is, is why wouldn't you bring it to him? Even before you're at the end of your rope. Because no matter what it is, he can set it right again. You, you, if you want to know if Jesus cares, look at the cross. But if you want to know if Jesus can, if he can do something about your situation, look at the empty tomb. Tell me what you're facing that's bigger than death. Tell me what you're facing that's more permanent than death. Well, some of you, you're facing death. You're mourning. Or your, your own mortality is in your face right now. Jesus beat that. And if he's strong enough to beat that, if he's strong enough to predict his own death and resurrection and then pull it off, do you think that he's worried about your situation? He cares, but he's not like, oh, no, what are we going to do? We need to make a plan. Let's get, let's get a committee together because I don't know what to do about so-and-so's situation. No, he, he looks at your situation and he says, I know exactly what I'm going to do about that. It might not be what you want. It might not be when you want. It might not be how you want. But in his wisdom and in his, hear this, hear this so clear, please, in his deep, deep love for you, he will heal. He will heal. And so this is what this means. This is the good news for us today, is no matter what you're going through, no matter who you are, you do not have to go one more step on this journey towards healing alone. Not one. You can involve Jesus at every step of your journey. Don't wait until you're at the end of your rope. Come to Jesus now. 
Involve him now. If he cares about you and he can do something about it and he can guide you in all sorts of ways, you don't think that your medical journey towards healing is going to be better if you actually bring the one who created your body into the process? It will be much better. You might still be healed through doctors and it might be over time. It might be a process of healing that God brings you into or it might be a miraculous healing. And by the way, we see those around here every now and again, more than every now and again. They happen a lot more than most people think. There's days where like, is this a Lutheran church or is, 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 is it just like Pentecostal, getting Pentecostal here? What's going on? Because it's not about whether you're Lutheran or Pentecostal. It's about who you come to. And the Holy Spirit of God is real and alive and active and you do not have to go one more step alone. When you have nowhere else to turn, you have somewhere to turn. When you have nothing else that you can do, you have someone else who has something they can do. When you reach the end of your rope, there's hope waiting for you at the end of your rope. His name is Jesus. See, the the thing is, for Max, he did everything that he could because there was not a ton of research on the the illness that this, this kid got from vaping. And so he, he did everything that he could. He researched everything that he could. He was working as fast as he could and just wasn't going well. And so he pretty much was at the end of his rope. So Max, he actually goes to find the prayer group and say, okay, I could probably use some prayer and a miracle. And he's talking to the guy, and the guy's like, well, it's not like we just have miracles in our back pocket. We just pull it out and say, all right, here you go. That's not how it works. Actually, when you turn to God, it doesn't, it's not like you're changing God's mind on something. It's actually changing you. And, and so he's frustrated. Like he's listening to this guy talk, and maybe that's you today. You're listening to me talk, and you're like, look, you're t- I get what you're saying, but I still got my thing that I got to deal with, and I'm, I'm just, can you just fix it, please? And that's where Max is at. So he goes back, and he's looking down on the operating room where this kid who might die is lying there and in a moment of real honesty he turns to God and it's awkward but it's worth it look at how Max turns to God in this situation so here's my question for you where do you need God's healing in your life Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's for someone that you love. Where do you need God's healing in your life? Because the truth is, there isn't a single person in this room that doesn't need healing of some kind. In fact, I want you to know that not only do you not have to go on this journey alone anymore, you don't have to take one more step alone because Jesus wants to be a part of every step of that journey, not just when you're at the end of your rope. I I want you to know that, but I want you to know that you're not alone even in this room and the things that you go through. So we're going to do something that's a little different than usual. Usually at the end of a service, uh, we'll say something like, all right, everyone, have a great week. Also, if there's prayer partners and you've got something that you want to pray about, we have that. But we're going to end the preaching time a little early. Not the service, but we're going to end the preaching time a little bit early. Because if we all have something that we need healing from, we can all bring that to Jesus today. All of us. Where do you need healing in, in your life? We're going to have prayer partners that are going to be all around the room. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. Uh, and then we're all going to get up on stage and confess all of our sins. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. But here, here, here's the reality. 
this might be awkward for you or uncomfortable. And, and I don't want to create a situation where you just like feel pressured. If you're feeling pressure, God is not about pressure. And so feel free to, to be involved or don't be involved. Let the Holy Spirit lead you. But if you feel prompted by the Holy Spirit, don't sit in your chair. Go. Because God wants to be a part of every step of your journey. You do not have to go one more step alone. And there is power and there is healing in this house today in the person of Jesus. Where do you need healing in your God's, in, in, from God in your life? There's a, a couple categories that I just want to kind of help you think through for, for a minute here. Sickness and pain. It's cold and flu season, okay? How many of you or someone that you love have been through some sickness or pain lately, whether it's the flu or whether someone's been in a hospital or has anyone dealt with sickness and pain in their life lately? Raise your hand nice and high. If you, now look around, look around. You are not alone. And let me tell you something, God can do something about that. How many of you, of us, you're willing to say, you know, uh, when I think of all of my relationships, I have a lot of great relationships, but I got at least one that's not perfect. Maybe for you, it's Valentine's weekend, and you're like, oh, man, another year, and I don't have a Valentine, and you just feel alone. Maybe your marriage isn't going as hot as, as you hoped that it would. Maybe your relationship with your kids or your grandkids is just is a, little more, a little more distant than you planned on it being. Maybe you, you feel like the friends that you have are not actually treating you like friends. Maybe there's someone that you need to forgive. Maybe there's someone you need to seek forgiveness from. So here's my question. Does anyone here have a relationship that needs some healing? Raise your hand nice and high. I do. Right now, I do. For those of you that don't have relationships that need healing, I just want to talk with you afterwards and I want to get all of your advice because you have perfect relationships and I don't. Uh, and so I, I just want you to know, like, if you're like, yeah, it was just too uncomfortable to raise my hand, that's okay. You can like come and still pray about it though. So we have something to pray about there, don't we? In our bodies, and our relationships. How about injustice? H have you or maybe someone that you love, have you ever experienced any sort of injustice? Maybe it's some sort of like societal injustice. Maybe it's because you are a, uh, you're a woman and it's a man's world. Maybe it's because you have this color skin and not that color skin. Maybe it's because you are of uh, this socioeconomic status and not that socioeconomic status. Is anyone here saying, yeah, I've, in my life, I've dealt with injustice and it's just not fair. Go ahead and just raise your hand nice and high. Yeah, look around. You're not alone. And I want you to know God has healing for that too. How about this one? Does anyone here have sins? <laughs> yeah, it's church and a pastor asks, so you have to raise your hands, right? Like, and by the way, if you didn't raise your hands, you're lying, which is a sin. So boom, you're caught. And we all have a prayer, don't we? Let me tell you something. Jesus has healing for that today. How many of you, You've lost something. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you've lost an ability that you used to have, but you, you don't anymore. Maybe you've lost, uh, you've, you're dealing with a thing that seems so permanent and so heavy, it's, it's death. Someone has died. Maybe someone died by suicide. There's been so many of those lately. Maybe someone in your life has, has just been, been, they're like on their way towards death. They've been in hospice. Is there anyone that's dealing or facing loss right now? 
look around. You are not alone. And God has healing for that too. Now here's one that I, I, I didn't have people raise their hands on last night because I thought, well, maybe it's uncomfortable. And, and my wife said, no, have them raise their hands because I would have raised my hand. And there's days where I would raise my hand on this too. For some of us, we're here today and the thing that feels like it needs healing is, is our faith. Our faith just feels broken or it feels like we've been distant from God for a while. We just haven't put God first in a long time. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, I have been a skeptic for so long because that person, and it's really not even, I say it's because of how intellectual I am and there's no evidence, even though I don't actually look for evidence. But really what I feel is hurt from that church person who let me down. Now I don't trust the church. That's real. And I want you to know that Jesus is way better than that church person, and Jesus has healing for that too. Jesus has healing for doubts. Jesus has healing for distance. Jesus has healing for sin. Jesus has healing for loss. Jesus has healing for injustice. Jesus has healing for your relationships, and he has healness for your body and for your pain and for your loved ones because Jesus is God. And the Holy Spirit of God is in this room right now. And if you're wondering if he cares about you, look at the cross. If you're wondering if he can do anything about your situation, look at the empty tomb. You do not have to go one more step alone. So here's what we're going to do. It might feel a little awkward because you're Lutheran. (laughs) We're going to have prayer partners during the service. And honestly, you all raised your hands. So it'll be really awkward if you just stand in your chair. So if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, it's time to go and bring what you're dealing with, whether you're up top or whether you're down here. We're going to have prayer partners just, just kind of all around. So if you're a prayer partner, can you just like raise your hand and wave? we got uh, Pastor John over here, Jen's over here. we got prayer partners in the back. I'm going to be down here as well. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, just have the band play a little bit of music for just a minute so that you can just say, okay, God, give me, give me a little courage here because this is awkward. Because what if people like think my life is falling apart? <laughs> Or, or what if people like, you know, they, they, they think that, that, well, I don't know what they'll think. Or what if God's going to reject me? Or what if he gives me something that I don't want to hear? That's real. But now is a moment where you can come and bring whatever it is that you carry. You don't have to go one more step alone. You can bring whatever it is that you carry to the God that cares, the God that can. And I don't know how or when, but he is the God that will. So I want everyone, let's stand together. We're going to stand. And I want to say a prayer over us uh, right now to kind of start this time. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that nothing that we carry is too big for you. God, where we say dead, you say nap. Because you can raise the dead. You can heal our bodies. You are the one with the power and you are the one with the love. So Lord, it feels risky and it feels maybe a little awkward. But Holy Spirit, we invite you to just move us. And God, we ask that you would not just move us, you would meet us and that you would heal us as we come to you in prayer. I'm not going to say amen because the prayer is not done yet. But I do want to dismiss you to move towards the prayer partners. The music's going to play for a minute and then we'll sing. Let's pray.
well-being. 